What is up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Pat's Interference. What we have is a new brand, a new identity for our podcast, a new way of bringing it to you. We want you to have everything you want as our loyal listeners. I'm Patrick Brickman. He's Patrick Norwood. How are you doing today, buddy? Howdy. We're good. We're good. We're both a little sleepy. If our voices sound weird and we seem a little sleepy, it's because we were at Duke Clemson last yes, night. Yes, we were. That's which cool. was interesting. It was a fun game. Uh, and just know that my voice was actually holding up a lot better than I thought. It's a little hoarse. Um, but it was, it was, I sounded like I was going through puberty all morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, hey, if this is your first time with us, welcome. This is Pat's Interference, college football podcast brought on by two of the best friends in the whole world. Uh, Can't beat us. Can't beat us. Uh, and uh, we've been doing this nine years now. Mm-hmm. Nine years. So we actually recorded one last week. So if you were one of the 3.7 million people that watched last week, we appreciate it. Um, just know we are sad that we lost that episode too. We're, ca- we're, counting, it, uh, we're counting it as a, as a test that was, run. That was a soft last open. Last week was a test run. It was a soft open. It was a soft open. Big but this fan. is what we're going to do weekly. On Tuesdays, we are going to broadcast our podcast episode live like yep. you're seeing now. Thank you if you're watching. Uh-huh. Uh, and fo- follow along, comment as we go along because we want to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, but we will take this and we will put it on YouTube. Yep. We will put it on Spotify. We'll put it on iTunes. All the places that you are used to listening to us. If you're listening to us there... Thank you very much. But first and foremost, if you're new, this is a college football podcast. Now, the reason we're taking it to Twitch is we want to put a little wrinkle in it. Uh, you'll notice in the bottom right up. I'm not good at this yet. The bottom yeah, right over go. here, we've got NCAA pulled up. I'm going to go ahead and get that running. Uh, but we're, today what we're going to do is we're just going to have a little sim of Alabama-Texas running because that's the game of the week. But as we go on, we are actually going to run our own little operation. Pat's Interference Dynasty. Uh, program. Yeah, a program. If you uh, and we're going to need your program. help. Uh, so we'll start with that uh, before we get into the football. Uh, so this week, we are going. him and I are going to pick four one-star. If you've played NCAA, you know what we're talking about. If not, help us along on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. But we're going to pick four teams, yep. four one-star teams. Yep. And uh, we're going to have you vote on Twitter on which one we will start at as offensive coordinator. We'll just kind of take turns playing as we do the podcast. So, you know, something to watch as you listen and then we'll go from there, and we'll see how it sort of evolves and develops. But yeah, sure. with that in mind, is there anything else we need to say about this new format? I'm super excited to get it up. It's a lot of fun. Uh, uh, no, it, it's going to be a blast. Y'all just y'all be patient with us as we work through some of the kinks. <laughs> the camera will just shut <laughs> the off. The camera will shut off randomly. It's uh, just going to happen. We're using my Nikon, and we just learned that it'll it, it'll pop right back on in about uh, yeah. four seconds. But just know it is going to shut off. We've got a way here. Go ahead and show them a little bit of the action with how we're switching screens yeah, we here. Yeah, switch screens. You Bang. Know, we can put the screen yeah, up. Yeah, there we uh, go. We can do this one. That's a good one. Uh, and then there's one more that if I click it, it crashes the computer. Yeah, so we don't touch that one. That one's bad. I might need my friend uh, Spencer to help me out with that a little Sh- bit later. Uh, shout out. Big shout out to Spencer helping us set up a good portion of this. Good portion um, of this. Shout was, out to you. Was instrumental. For figuring it out. The reason Devin Hester's at the top of the screen is because, one, it's the greatest football player of all time, and two, that's... Uh, Spencer's guy. Controversial. So, Controversial. Um, well, he'd be mad if I didn't say that. Yeah. So, anyway, now that we've got the game starting in the bottom right, I'm going to get it right this time. Yeah, there it is. Right there. It's loading. Right there. Uh, really? Okay, so you look at the slate. We're going to start talking about college football now. When you look at the slate of games, you look at the week one games, and they yep. didn't jump out of the page at you. No. But what we got was a lot more insane than any of us, I think, anticipated. Yeah, it was it was odd for sure. Um, I, I think... Uh, I don't know, getting up, okay, so I guess we should go over week zero a little bit, right? You had Notre Dame. Yeah, we, we broadcast before the week zero games, I guess, started, so we, we should talk a little bit about those. Notre like, a Dame. A lot of those teams have played a second game by now, so I don't want to hover too yeah, much. Yeah, Notre Dame throttled Navy 42-3. Sam Hartman looked great. Both games. We can even start with Notre Dame because they played two games. That's true. Uh, and then USC beat San Jose State 56-28. That game was a little bit closer, but that's more of, uh, closer than people thought. Yeah. That was more of USC's defense being absolutely horrible. There, if we're, if I'm going to say one player that's, I don't want to say surprised me, I knew Sam Hartman was good. Yeah. But in my mind, him going from Wake to Notre Dame, it, it didn't move the needle for me as much as it clearly has. It, yeah. He is awesome on, on that team. Yeah, I mean, no. that's a, that is a 
perfect fit. He's been, yeah, he's been dynamite. He's been dynamite. Looks like his score bugs uh, a little bit messed up it's, there on the, it, it fixes on the stream, but you guys, you guys will see. This is, this is, um, this is, you know. But yeah, so we had that, game. and then you know we can fast forward to week one and go to Thursday. Utah 24, Florida 11. Florida hung around for like a quarter. I had a, I had myself a night because that's the same night that uh, Starfield dropped. So I was playing that. That was big. And that I was had big it up. Day I had that up on the on the iPad. And yep. Florida was atrocious. Awful. Graham Mertz. I've seen a lot of discourse from Florida fans. Uh, and if you're in the comments, I want to know what you think. If not, we'll just keep going. But I've seen a little bit of argument. Some people say Graham Mertz is not the guy, and then you then you know how other people overcorrect and go, well, he's not the reason we lost. Well, you don't understand. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry, he's not going to get it done. He wasn't the reason you lost, but he definitely wasn't the reason you won, mm -hmm. or came close to winning. Um, no, the offensive play calling was uh, unremarkable, unimaginative, I would say. Um, and, and overall, I just think Florida's just going to take a huge step back this season. So the title of today's podcast is Week 1, Let's Overreact. Ooh, yes. Right? Yeah. Because that's what you do with Week 1. Every team, it's a small sample size for everybody. Yep. Most people didn't play a quality opponent. Some teams did, obviously, like Florida and Utah. But I don't think I'm overreacting to say that I don't think Florida has it this year. Yeah. I don't think that's an overreaction. I feel like I can pretty much stand. They'll have a few wins. They'll beat a team that's better than them, but... I don't think they've got it this year, man. No, I, I don't think so either. And I don't how, think so how either. quickly is Napier losing this fan base? Or has he lost them? I think he, he was losing them before the season started. I think it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. Yeah. Um, he's got good recruiting classes. I, mean, I, I don't think that's well the down issue. There. Not, not as well as Georgia, um, which is the, the barometer. Florida wants to recruit like Georgia, so they won't say they're recruiting well tell until me, they're in the Tell me if I'm wrong, but Taggart recruited well at Florida yeah, State. he was always a good recruiter. And then it just it never happened. So, yeah, I don't know. That that one could get ugly. That could be an ugly situation. Um, you had uh, Michigan and Tennessee both killing their opponents in the noon games week one. Um, Joe Milton looked good. Tennessee started a little slow but picked it up and looked good. That was uh, a in the theme. Mo Mo a lot of teams like Georgia, uh, Ohio, a lot of teams – started slow against teams that I didn't think they would. Regardless, yeah. I was like, I know it's week one, but like UT Martin, right? I expected more, and not that I expected more, but a lot of teams started slow. Alabama being one of the teams, one of the rare teams that did, and we'll get to them in a minute, obviously. Um, another thing worth mentioning, if this is your first time tuning in or listening, this started with us as Alabama fans, right? I did not mean to click that screen. Um, we went to Alabama together. Yep. We met at Alabama. This, sure did. The idea for this podcast was birthed. At Alabama, born, I guess you could say, birth. Uh, we came up with it there. We took some great classes together, had some great times. But uh, shout out T Pain. So, uh, yeah, no, it's. I think it, it was slow starts for people. That's uh, a fair thing to expect. I think in week one, um, the big storyline from week one, though, and it was a noon game, so we do need to talk about it first. I think. Um, Deion Sanders in Colorado. That's beating, the story of the week. Beating Clemson national runner-up LSU lost in the story of the week. The face of college football right now is Deion Sanders. Yeah. Uh, so are you – I'll ask you right now. Are you buying Deion Sanders in Colorado? I think yeah, – if I say I'm buying them, like, yeah, I think they're a quality team. I did not buy them as a quality team prior to the game. You're taking the over on their wins because it was two and a half? I, I, I think you'd be stupid not to at yeah, this point. At I mean, this they, point, I they need two more wins, and they just beat a ranked – they're ranked now. They're in the top 25. They, yep. uh, he, they are taking college football by storm. Travis Hunter was the player of the week for week one, in most people's opinion, uh, for what he did offensively and defensively. You don't see a lot of Ironmen in college football, no. especially in today's day. No. Because you have to be – I mean, it's like Shohei Otani. I'm not comparing him quite there, obviously, but, like, to be a good defensive back, you need to put all of your effort into that. To be a good wide receiver in those skills, you need to put all of your effort into yeah, that. It's, it's the same thing hitting and pitching. He did both at an elite level. Yes, and I, I think there's something to be said, too, about um, just how well he plays those positions. It's not like he is the second-best defensive back on the team or the second-best. He is the guy on both teams he's been Focal on. Focal point on both sides of the ball, barely came out, had a touchdown, an interception, over uh, 100 yards receiving. Shadur. Uh, one, ba one ball caught against him for, like, five yards. Shadur Sanders had 510 yards. He's the one I was – more surprised at how he played because, you know, a lot of people thought it was just, and there goes the camera and this will happen. But Switch. I'm just going to, yeah, I should do that too. But, um, no, Sanders, is, uh, his kid Sanders was 
phenomenal at quarterback. Really good. Uh, accurate. Really, really good. Yeah. 500 yards. Very good. Game-winning drives. Clutch plays. Yep. So how far can Colorado go with Deion Sanders this year and then beyond? I think beyond, I think they can be a borderline playoff team if they continue at this pace. That's a lot. We're yeah. overreacting to week one right now, yeah. remember. Um, but I think this year, I think the ceiling is probably still about six or seven wins. That's a lot higher than we were giving um, them. Absolutely, I would say they could yeah. win eight. Uh, I'm not going to go that far. They just beat one of the hardest teams on their schedule. If they can come out, and because we knew TCU was going to take a large step back, of course. right? And I, I think this, as much of it is a, a judgment and a – um, a way to look at uh, Colorado. Mm -hmm. It's a way. It's a barometer for TCU as well, and how much they've dropped off. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, they lost a ton of production on offense. They did get Trey Sanders, three touchdowns. He Huge shout out. Well, I Trey love Sanders. seeing Trey Sanders play well. Uh, by the way, Deion Sanders' nephew did not commit to Colorado. Instead, went to TCU. Interesting. Um, uh, after transferring from Alabama. So I know shutdown fullcast touched on this a little bit, and I wanted to talk to you about it because. Colorado might be trying to start a – or they might inadvertently start a trend here. Uh, the yeah. story of Colorado yes. was Deion Sanders gets there. They won one game last year, and he looks at the roster and goes, this will not cut it. He was no. cutting players left and right, and he took in 83 transfers. Yep. How many how, – it's like 10 players from last year's team originally yeah. are on it. Less than that maybe? Yep. Okay, so you've got teams in the Colorados of the world, right? So you've got this – You've got this, the teams sort of lower down the conference totem pole. Can look at what's going on and say, if he can flip over a roster in six months, why can't you? Yes, yeah. I, I think there's going to be a huge trend to that with first-year coaches where that expectation is there to do it immediately. And I'm sorry, but college coaches won't have the name Deion Sanders attached to their program, mm -hmm. right? So that's going to make it a lot tougher for them, and I, I, I think it's going to be a really nasty trend. I think the example I set was, let's say, uh, and I'm just using Tommy Reese because we're Alabama fans, but let's say he has a, a gangbusters year at Alabama. Yeah. And somebody like, I don't know, like a, George, like a Missouri Georgia Tech. Him, a Georgia yeah. Tech hires him and, and looks at Tommy Reese and goes, hey, you know, Dion could do it. You're a former player. Dion got... 83 You're a name transfers. In this sport. Yeah. Why couldn't you do it? Yeah. Get some transfers, man. And Get the recruiting trail. I, I, I would love to imagine we live in a world where the old heads and the ADs won't say something like that, but I also know which world we do live in, mm -hmm. and that is going to be said. That's going to be the expectation now. <laughs> I mean, okay, so we know that college football and NFL and that uh, both every level of football beyond high school is so results-oriented immediately now. Yes. He is only making it worse. Now, That's this is to his credit. He deserves the credit because the immediacy in which ADs are going to expect success has just gone down a little bit. Yeah. Because I was shocked at what I saw. I yes. was embarrassed that I was so low on him. I had some huge misses. That's going to be a thing. Uh, I had a lot of misses. We, 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 both, had, a lot of we misses. both had some big misses. I'm kind of glad the episode didn't post last week. By the way, if you want to see our season predictions, you can follow us on Twitter at PI underscore podcast. That's where all of our season predictions are. I would not look at them right now because we did not do very well. But, uh, you know, if, if you are so inclined, we still have a couple playoff teams alive, I think. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, you had uh, Ole Miss and Jackson Dart throwing a heck of a game against Mercer, 73-7. The um, interesting there is how quietly Jackson Dart won that quarterback battle. I mean, that was a quarterback battle. That yeah. was another one that we didn't know who was going to, just like Alabama, right. just like Ohio State. Jackson Dart silently wins. I know it's just Mercer, but he went out there, and he, he could have won Offensive Player of the Week with his numbers. Yeah, for sure. Not only in the SEC, but nationally. He was awesome. Uh, Oregon and Bo Nix put up 81. Mm -hmm. Ohio State with a, again, theme, slow start. 23-3 on the road victory over Indiana. Um, not stellar quarterback play there. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of Ohio State fans frustrated with how sluggish they looked. I think they're going to be fine. I, I don't think this is a point of panic for Ohio State at all. I, I, I just I, I think it's working out the kinks, and there is a lot of question marks going into this game. Um, so I, I just think it'll it'll take some time. Everybody kind of worked out kinks, but um, I did see. I mean, there was there felt like there was a pretty significant drop off at quarterback play, which you can expect. I mean, C.J. Stroud was a was a Heisman contender and the number two pick of the draft, and he's going to be starting for the Texans on Sunday. Uh, he won that job as a rookie, so he was a great player. Uh, Alabama holding Texas to a field goal uh, there on the one-yard line. Um, but 
This one should be makeable. Texas. I don't. I still don't know. What, do we know what's shaking out at quarterback? Neither of them played stellar. Uh, no. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. A lot of fans uh, claiming that McCord has trouble seeing downfield, and it's been that he's been there in that program for a long time. He's been there for a minute. He could have been there, Mac Jones, I'm this year. Pretty <laughs> sure he was going to be in a quarterback battle with Quinn Ewers this yeah. season. Yeah, um, Quinn Ewers would be the presumed starter. I had yes, to say, yeah, yes. yeah. So yeah, no, I, I think again, it's it's not time to jam the panic button or anything like that. But I do think that Ohio State needs to pick it up a little bit as the year wears on. Obviously. Uh, if you won a game this week, I don't think any team that won a game is hitting the panic button. Um, no. I, I think Ohio State fans are the closest ones to doing that, but I don't think they're panicking. Probably, because they saw the way Penn State played. They saw the way Michigan played in the second half and, you know, the way they had ECU's a quality program, so that was a quality win, 27 points. Yep. Uh, Texas beat Rice 37-10. Uh, Quinn Ewers and the offense started very slow. See if they that did. sounds familiar. They did. Um, they were really not it, it was weird it was like they they kept trying to put the finishing punch on a game yeah. or on a half or on a drive and just couldn't really cross over mm -hmm. um texas's offensive line really struggled in the first uh quarter or two in that game uh anytime there was pressure on quinn ewers it was not good yeah it was not pretty well he's um, deep he's i am surprised at how much he struggles with deep ball accuracy Yes. Every time I watch him play, he miss. He's he's so good intermediately, from what I've seen. I, I don't. I haven't studied the ins and outs of his game, but like I, every time I watch him, he misses deep balls, which with Xavier Worthy at wide receiver, you really, really want to have that. Seems pick. seems hard. That should be the yeah. strongest part of your offense this year with Bijan gone. It seems hard to do, uh, but Texas rolled him in the second half, 37-10. Like I said. Um, quick, we'll quick, fun thing about JT Daniels. I know that a lot of people have seen this stat, but if you haven't, uh, he has lost to Texas. In Texas, three times in his career, three different all schools. three times, three different schools, three different uniforms. So that's West Virginia, mm -hmm. that's Rice, is that USC? Yeah, USC. He lost it's the third team. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's wild, man. That's wild. Speaking of USC, Caleb Williams is Caleb Williams, 66-14 victory there. Williams stat line. That, he's good, man. Okay, his stat line. As I pull out the box score and I'm. We're rolling. We're rolling. There we go. 18 for 24, 319 yards, five touchdowns. I want to ask the question now, and we'll, we'll kind of update this as the season goes along, but Caleb Williams is the star of college football. Travis Hunter just entered the number two spot, but Caleb Williams uh, is this year's big quarterback. So you've got Caleb Williams. Let's compare him to the last few years. Caleb Williams, Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll throw Burrow in there. We'll throw Fields. We'll throw Lawrence. All these dudes that are going number one, where would you put him in that pecking order? Probably right behind Burrow. I would put him number two behind Burrow. He is that good to me. I, I, think, I love Bryce Young. I think he's very good. I'm interested to see how he does when he's playing better opponents because yeah. remember how he looked in the Utah game last year and then again in the bowl game against Tulane. I know a lot of that wasn't his fault. I know he was injured in that bowl game a little bit, kind of hobbled, but I just I need to see him do it against that team. The one thing that I'm waiting on, the one thing I need to see that could move that I would have him tied with Bryce Young for this reason, uh, with Burrow 1 and Bryce 2. Is Bryce had that clutch gene. You know, he had so many. I mean, he kept, yeah. he kept Bill O'Brien's float above water. Unfortunately. Um, we've seen some of it with Caleb Williams, but he's going to have some big games. He can't lose to Utah this year. Uh, no. He had some other big wins last year, but I want to see it as consistently as Bryce showed it. Yeah. As soon as he does that, he could tie himself with Burrow. Yeah, Depending for sure. on the kind of season he has. Uh, Penn State beat West Virginia. We're mentioning that because shout out Brett. Shout out Brett if you watch this or Brett, if you listen to it. If you're it. watching, we appreciate you. Um, a guy we watched back uh, from the game with last night. Yeah. Uh, uh, but Penn State, that's one of your playoff teams. That is one of my playoff teams, and Drew Allard was my Heisman pick. And he played great. North Carolina, South Carolina was a super fun game. 31 mm -hmm. 17, Tar Heels. That was a second half. They, they kind of did what the same thing that FSU did against LSU, where yeah. it was. Close at half, and then the second half, they left no doubt as to who the no, better team was. No, um, it was it was the same Spencer Rattler we've seen for three years now, mm -hmm. right? Where when he's not playing Tennessee. Yes, uh, right. When he's not on his Stephen Garcia mode, um, I think with him, it's he can make stellar throws and yeah. really accurate throws at times when they just aren't really necessary. Yeah. And then when he needs to be the guy, he can't get it done. He can't get it done. Um, Looking ahead, or excuse me, looking back, uh, DJU, great game at Oregon State. 
He, nobody is laughing harder right now in his wherever he lives apartment. Probably not a dorm, dorm house. He might even be in a house because of NIL. But nobody is laughing harder right now than DJU because and Kirk Herbstreit laid it on today, um, talking about Clemson and saying that the the noise was there last year and yeah. everybody blamed everything on DJU Youngalale. And we are starting, and we'll get to a much bigger Clemson segment. Yeah. yeah. But no, he was awesome. We got one game to talk before that Clemson game. Yeah. And that is LSU Florida State. We, yeah, we got to spend a while on okay. this. So it was this LSU being a lot worse than we thought or Florida State being a lot better than we thought? I hate to cop out and say both, but I missed on both teams, so I will. I thought LSU was a legitimate playoff contender and would be up until they played Bama in November. Still can be. They can be. Don't Still get can me wrong. Be. But they didn't show that moxie. They didn't show that to me, that they're, that they're the team with the mental toughness and fortitude. Mm-mm. Now it's week one, and let's overreact, so I'm going to overreact. I'm going to say, like, I didn't see a playoff contender. On the other side, that's what I thought FSU was this year. I yeah. thought FSU was the notch or two below playoff contention. I didn't think they had the, the, the coaching yet. I, I, like, I like Norvell, but I haven't seen it. I've trusted Brian Kelly more. Um, I definitely have never thought Travis Hunter, not Travis Hunter, Jordan Travis, was that guy? He showed that he can be that guy. Well, the defense looked good, and I missed on both teams. I, I and I think there's something to say about um, about how can those both be true, yeah. right? So is it LSU's bad, and then therefore Florida State's not that good, or is it LSU's really good? So we need to stop, you know, kind of crapping. I on see them. what you're asking. You know, like it, it's just, it's a weird catch twenty two to get into, but Brian Kelly, man. I, that guy, every time I think I have him figured out and I think I know what he's going to do, he doesn't, like... That's, that's I, me with LSU, man. We swore up and down last year we weren't losing LSU. I did. And just, we we were never really, I mean, in command of that game whatsoever, right? Touchdown, Jason oh, well, in Alabama. The high, uh, the uh, but I, I could have swore they were going to just trample Florida State Saturday. And it could not have been more opposite. Sunday, Sunday, excuse me. I think LSU fans need to start tuning in to how I feel about their team because, I mean, I'm going back six or so years now. Like, I always mm-hmm. – when they – okay, even back to they, – they get rid of Les Miles. Yep. And when they hired Orgeron, my take was that that was the death blow. Yes. They were done. Right. And, and Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M are moving ahead of LSU. And that looks like it was going to be the case for a while. And then a little thing called Joe Burrow and National Championship and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and all those dudes happen. Yep. And I look like an idiot. So then now I'm right back on LSU strong. I was wrong on them. And then Orgeron loses control of the program and they go down. Then yep. they get Brian Kelly. And I'm like, oh, this is the death blow. They're done. They're done. And then they beat Alabama and they damn near make the playoff last year. Yeah. Yep. Um, they were a contender in November. And then this year, I thought they were right back there, and we'll see. I mean, it's week one. Let's overreact. I'm going to keep right. saying that. But right. every year preseason, I miss on LSU. Yeah. Uh, I cannot figure I do that too. program out. I do, too. Um, all right. Uh, let's do this. Right now, after week one, pick your Heisman. Like, who deserves it today, or who do I still think wins? Who deserves it today? Week one Heisman goes to Travis Hunter. I mean, he pulled up the, uh, an upset, not the biggest upset, but he had the best game out of any player in college football. I will say I think it would go to Jordan Travis. Mm-hmm. I think it should go to Caleb Williams. Now, Caleb Williams hasn't played, played two games, but yes, but, you're right. Okay, agreed. That looks like an Alabama play. Um, but if you're sitting here and you're, you're saying, you know, oh, well, it's, it's a competition-based thing. That's what we always hear about the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Well, who has he played? Who has he played? Who has he played? You know, it's it's not Caleb Williams. It's not Travis Hunter. Yeah, it's Jordan Travis. It's Jordan Travis. He played LSU, beat the daylights out of him. Looked good doing it. A couple. I think he had what three rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. Or yeah. I had those flipped. I think he had three passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, uh, Williams. Yes. Or you mean Travis? Uh, Travis. Travis. Three passing. Three, yeah, three passing, passing and yeah. then two rushing touchdowns. Um, um, so yeah, no. I, I right now I think it would go to Jordan Travis. Now, granted, if if there was a New York to, to happen, those three players would be in New York. Yes. For the uh, so yeah. again. This is week one. We're just saying this for week one. Calm down. Don't start commenting and emailing and all that jazz. We're just saying right now, after week one, who would be in the Heisman conversation. This is what's interesting, though, about that game. All right, because um, this was the game 
on FSU's schedule. We so we know Clemson's down the road. Yeah. But this was their toughest game that they just won running away. Yes. We just saw Clemson look less than dominant yep. against uh, Duke. What else on their schedule puts the fear of God in you that this team is not going to be there in November as a team we're talking about being in the playoffs? Uh, I, I think the only thing that can get in their way is themselves. I don't, I don't think another they team... they play Notre Dame? Notre Dame's looked really good, but I can't remember if that's on their schedule. Uh, I can't either, and I will check in just a second. Actually, move on. We why don't you check that? Um, and I will... Uh, I'll start talking about Duke Clemson. Yeah, go ahead. Bit. Start. Give them the give them the run. Here's down. my thing. With, here's my thing with Duke Clemson. Um, <laughs> I said with LSU, you can lose that game that they lost on Sunday and still make the playoff, right? I don't think anybody's yeah. thinking that they're they're done and they're over with because if you're LSU and you get through the gauntlet of going to Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama, and your one loss is a Florida State team that we're already saying is going to be Pretty a good, contender yeah. in November. Um, and they do not play Notre Dame. You're fine. Their next hardest game might just be Duke. Miami. We'll see how good Miami is. We'll, we'll see if Florida's figured anything out at yeah. that point. But anyway, uh, Jane Rashada. Oh, wait. Um, works up. I think if you're Clemson, it's done. I don't think Clemson can make the playoff after that. They made it. They are going to have to blow the brakes off of FSU to have a prayer. Because it's, it's not just that. They, I would say blow the brakes. They got to beat them. Though, they obviously. they need to win their conference. They got to win the conference. And they've started that 0 and 1 against a basketball school. Go Devils, by the way. And uh, even if you beat FSU, well, I guess you could beat FSU and you beat. You got to beat FSU. You yeah, have you to beat you FSU. You play for one game now. And I I think you're right. I think you have to do it convincing because by the way, if you're team number five and there's four teams ahead of you and there's a two loss Alabama that has lost to a very talented. A&M or Tennessee and Georgia, mm -hmm. and then you have a one-loss Clemson who lost and got smacked by Duke. Also, the play calling last night. Like, let's all right. Let's get it. So let's talk about that. Clemson, game. you're done. Let's talk about the game. I, I don't think you're making the playoff. I'm sorry. I had you in my playoff. I'm mad at you because of that. You're done. You're done. Uh, we had a big bounce back here for you. There's two more things I want to bring up, um, but we'll do it after we go over the game. The play calling was so terrible last night on offense from Garrett Riley and Clemson. You and I were sitting there just barking plays back and forth about what they were going to run. I would lean over to Jade and say inside read. Every third play it was an inside read or it was a pass out of the flat or it was a slant. I think Garrett Riley found out real quick that unless it was Will Shipley, nothing. Klubnik was not showing off anything. No. He, wasn't uh, he, was, well. he was on the whole completely unimpressive. Um... Sorry, we just got a great text from Tyler Cohen. This was the Miami home opener, by the way. Oh, wow. There's nobody in the crowd. Uh, we'll tweet this out later, but that is uh, shocking from Hard Rock. Um, anyway, I digress. I, I, I cannot figure out for the life of me why Garrett Riley got the hype that he got yeah. when that was his play-calling expertise. It just it made no sense to me. He took TCU to the national championship, and everybody decided to, to put all their stock in that. I don't know if Garrett Riley's terrible. I know that Clemson doesn't have the dogs we thought they did. No. Anywhere. No. And I want to segment, because uh, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Clemson, and I'm fixing the screen because I just realized that I didn't. Uh... Okay. There we go. That's where that goes. Yeah. Anyway, um, I want to talk about it because one question for you. What happened? Not yesterday. What has happened to Clemson? I have my take, and but I want to. Okay, hear so this too. is this is what I wanted to talk what about. What has happened to Clemson since you know 2018 when they last won the national championship to now? Okay, uh, can you name me a transfer at Georgia mm -hmm. who is really good, or has been in the last two or three years? It's about Clemson or Georgia. Georgia, a transfer that's gone to Georgia. I could probably maybe think of one. Okay, right. Yeah. So, name, how about this? A transfer that transferred to Alabama and had a great year. Oh, I mean, we got, I can think of a ton. We got Jameer Gibbs and, and all these guys. Eli Ricks just signed a pro contract the other uh -huh. day, by the way. He wasn't stellar at Alabama, but you get my point. Name a transfer at Clemson. They've taken three since the transfer portal became. That's my point. This can't, you can't do that. Like, Florida, or Georgia, I know you can think of me. Georgia had multiple they actually, I think, had a better transfer class than Alabama this year. Yeah. Um, and they had a ton of linemen and linebackers come in from all over the country. Guess who had the graded best 
transfer class by 24-7. That was Florida State. Yeah. They won them and Ole Miss. As Look what happens. Look um, what happens. Um, so, yeah. So, I think the answer to that question, now that we're getting into it, is one of the big things, and maybe the biggest thing, is that Dabo has failed to adapt to the new college. This is the guy that said he would quit if players could be paid. Right? He yeah. said that, which is terrible for recruiting now. Yep. Um, and, yeah, the transfer portal, he's never liked the transfer portal. He's always had the rule where if you commit to Clemson, you can't take visits anywhere else, even though these kids want free visits. Right? But he makes that, it's, which makes kids not want to commit It's there. like when you take the Clemson and Alabama dynasties mm-hmm. and you, you have them side by side, right? And, like, the two paths converged sort yeah. of thing. Whereas in 2014, Alabama said, hey, we either have to – Start going with the trends yeah. and get a new offense and start going that way and be speed, 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 speed. Or we got to keep doing what we're doing, right? They left and they went with the trend. And they, they started doing what everyone was doing and they got better at it. And they got yes. to be the best at it. Yes. Clemson, at the same time of their dynasty, because remember, that was 2014, right? That's five right. years. Right. When was Clemson's first title? 2018. 20, they won. They beat Alabama in 16. 2016. 16. Yes. Five years later. Mm-hmm. It's 2021. Transfer portal kicks up. And what did they not do? They, they didn't, didn't adapt. go with the trend. They didn't, they the didn't trend. adapt. They didn't adapt. So, but he also went so hard against it. He didn't even, he spoke out against it's, it. It's like the Pat Fitzgerald. Well, that's a whole different issue that's now. Different but issue, yeah. do you remember the, yeah. on the field, the Pat Fitzgerald thing about the RPO? Mm-hmm. Well, that's communist. Well, if I'm a high school kid and I'm a wide receiver, why the hell would I go to Northwestern now? If I know we're not going to run the fun offense that everybody's running, yeah. what are we doing? Another thing that Clemson failed at. Um, is their defense does, and I guess I should do this before I talk about the defense because it's very obvious, one, that Brent Venables was the grease that made that machine run, Mm. right, during that dynasty. But here's the other thing is they were such an anomaly as a power because they were a power. Don't get me wrong. Clemson was damn good for years, and they still have that potential. But they had almost zero coaching turnover for the better part of seven or eight years. Yeah. Uh, there was a window, and I don't know the exact years, and I'm sorry about that, but let's just say, just imagine when Clemson was winning championships and they were playoffs every year. They made the playoffs for like five years in a row. Yep. That window. Um, Alabama had 20 coaches. Nick Saban had to replace 20 assistant coaches in that span. Clemson, two in that span, and neither are offensive or defensive coordinator. No. No. Which is huge. I mean, that is the way to keep a program going is that continuity. Yep. And they, they, Dabo did a good job managing that, keeping guys happy, keeping them there. Ven- he, had, he gave Venables – but until Venables got the Oklahoma job that he couldn't turn down. Uh, well, and then that's another thing we need to talk about. Oklahoma put up like 77 points the other day. Yeah, they were better than I thought. Ven- Venables looked pretty good. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. With pretty him. rough first year, but I, I'm actually I'm, I'm buying into him a little bit. Okay, so right now to wrap up this Clemson conversation, right now, does Clemson make the college football playoff? Like this season? Yes. Oh, no, like I, I was at the game okay. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm with you. Yeah. Is Dabo done? Is this it? They could have a few more like – flash in the pan, like good seasons. But if you ask me right now the way I feel, are they a year in, year out, 10 wins? Like, I don't. Th- I think they'll have good season, bad season, bad season, good season. It's going to be up and down. Yeah. They are not going to be the juggernaut. I mean, they were – if if for, there for a few years there, if Alabama was 1A, Clemson was 1B. I mean, they were they were neck and neck for a good five-year stretch. Yeah. Bama won two. Yep. Actually, Bama won one. Clemson won two. LSU won one in that stretch. Like, the yeah. Bama won in 2020. So, I guess it was two each and then the LSU Last year, you and I spoke about Dabo after it yeah, after it looked bad. Yeah. After the Georgia game, we, we kind of figured, oh, okay, well, that's Georgia. And then they lost to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And I asked you, when will they fire Dabo and Dabo? And you told me they won't. They can't. Because look at where he's taken them. If I and, said that to you, I'm reeling it back. In. And at the time, I'm with you. Right now, I don't know, buddy. I think it's, it's going to be pretty easy to cut that cord. Because of the way he has absolutely rejected the new college football. League. Yes. And, and any AD worth his salt knows that's where we're going. Yes. Any college football well, especially worth their salt. especially after this offseason and everything that's happening. Like you it's can't just, you can't not resist. Uh, and especially since Nick Saban has so like. It's been written about so many times that this isn't even me being a homer. The amount of yeah. times we've heard the storyline of how Nick Saban's adapted with college football, yep. how he's changed with the times, and everybody looks at him and thinks he's an old crotchety man, but all he does is he resists, then he adapts, 
and then he perfects it or yep. does it better than anybody. And Dabo has not even remotely tried to do that. Now, to his credit, he sticks to his guns, but that might be what costs him his But time that's dumb. At some point, that's dumb. All right, let's go to the chat a little bit. Um, oh, yeah, we got we'll some We'll start chats. at the bottom. Uh, from, I believe, Forest Devil's Advocate, Duke. Um, actually, great bar in Tempe, Arizona called Devil's Advocate. Awesome bar. They've got recline, like, so the bar is elevated, and yeah. then the recliner seat below the bar, so you're just chill. Today's sponsor is Devil's, Devil's Advocate, Advocate Tempe, Bar Arizona. in Tempe, Arizona. If you're ever there, make sure to stop by. Right they've off got, the highway. They've got spirits, they've got drafts, they've got everything you could want. Do they have TVs in there? Oh, buddy, do they have anything TVs? Anything you could want to enjoy College Football Saturday in Tempe is a Devil's Advocate. You know, Tempe. when we're in Tempe, no. Uh, Let's get the force. Devil's Advocate, Clemson did outgain... I like the Brew Devils, he says. Wow. Uh, Clemson did outgain Duke in both yards and first downs. Fluke, question mark. Not a fluke. The Not two a fluke. turnovers they let the five-yard line are a fluke. They let Riley Leonard rush for a 44-yard touchdown? Yeah. Riley Leonard, bro. Uh, you see, might beat him in a 40. It's not It's not this final score, and it's not the off, the full-on offense like Shipley. And the fact they did move the ball. Yeah. Clemson, they should. They're playing Duke, and Duke has got a good defense, but Clemson should move the ball on them. And I'm not even freaking out of against the, and I'll call them kind of fluky turnovers inside the five. It's just what I saw. They don't have the same dudes defensively, right? They don't. They don't have those good. The defensive linemen that used to eat the Christian Wilkins of the world, yeah, they used to eat dudes up. They don't have that, and they don't have the. They don't have the. I mean, this is. This is a program that has produced Justin Ross, who is, uh, the, as far as NFL success, the least of these. But they've got DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins. Uh, they were putting receivers in the pros, and those dudes were number one on fantasy rosters. Yep. Like, those dudes were playing ball. Not anymore. Uh, who, name or, like, who were they throwing to? What, yeah. Name a player receiver Nobody, made. One thing we need, to, we need to do right now, though, is talk about how good Duke actually was last night. Um, because yeah, one thing it. that I hate is when this happens and all we do is talk about the team that lost. Yeah. Team that won. Riley Leonard, was that, he, he didn't play a great game, mm-hmm. but he won. Like, you could tell that last drive that they had where they scored. He was like, all right, we're, I'm not leaving this field without points. If it's a field goal, fine, but we're not leaving this field without points. And when Clemson handed them the ball, mm-hmm. he took with it. He took it and ran with it, and hey, they scored. Mike Elko, if it weren't for a little team called TCU, Mike Elko was coach of the year last year, yeah. right? And you could still make the argument that he deserved it. Yep. Now, he has set the record, or tied the record already, for a um, the most wins in first two years as head coach at Duke, and it took him game one of year two. He's going to break it next week. So, another thing that got brought up by our friends Tyler and Brandon, shout out. What up? Um, they are all up on the Travis Hunter hype train. They're a, they're a tippy top. Um, two-way all-star. Um, and it's insane how good that kick could be. I think with him, I, I'm going to pose you two questions. Yeah. Uh, one, what if he had gone to Florida State and that Florida State team that's playing right now that just whooped the daylights out of LSU had Travis Hunter as well? Right. That would be game over. That is a national champion. That is game over. He was yeah. committed there for what, two years? He was committed there for a long time. He flipped on signing day. I uh, remember he went to Jackson State. It was a big deal and it was great for HBCUs at the time. Uh, and it was a huge story in Dion, and that that was that that was Dion making noise before he could even yeah. before he ever even had the so my like he should have been my he was second, ahead of the curve that far. My second question is: Do you think this is a situation like Phil Jackson always talks about? With I'm not calling Dion Sanders Phil Jackson. Relax, but it's a situation where you see uh, you asked who is Clemson throwing to, and Brandon said eighth year senior Will Shipley is who. <laughs> well, Shipley was the only guy that showed up last night. I don't even think he's been. Has he been there that long? Or does it just seem like he's been there that long? No, because he's, he's been. So, he's a three-year he's, starter. Okay. He's That's a three-year right. starter. This is third-year starter. Uh, okay. So anyway, NFL draft eligible. Travis Hunter and Deion Sanders. I think it's like a Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, Phil Jackson, <laughs> right? Where it's like they see the obsession with greatness in each other. Yeah. And that all they, that energy they feed off one another, right? Like I think I really, really do think that Deion sees Travis Hunter as like, oh, he's just me if I had come up and started playing right now instead of, you know. Oh, and let's not forget that um, they also got, uh, was it Cor- I want to say Cortland McClain, but that's not his name. Um, the number one corner from last year's recruiting Yes, class. right. Behind Another five-star. Coming up. He's not he's not Hunter yet, but he will be Cormani McClain. Thank you. It came to me. Uh, I really wanted Bama to get him. Um, and a lot of, he was supposed to go to Florida, and he ends up in Colorado with because of because of what Dion is selling. Yeah. What Dion is selling 
plays so well into this this generation of football players that yes now i want i know we're segueing back into dion but this is what the natural conversation is leading to how far can dion go as a coach in this in this sport i mean it's like from what i i, I his what his ceiling was what i thought it was two months ago and what i think it is now could not be farther off yeah i i think uh I don't know. I think his ceiling is a, a massive program like a USC, UCLA. I could see him going to UCLA. Yeah. Seriously. Now and, he and hasn't, bringing them back to prominence. But, but that's what, it, that's it's, what it's going to be. It's a long season. And a lot can change. But, but that's what it's going to be. Switch camera. It's Go going ahead. to be a situation where, like, he doesn't take an Alabama job, right? He does not take a Texas. Yeah. Dion is going to take a school like a UCLA, right? Mm -hmm. Like a West Virginia, like a Colorado that is just so far down mm. that he is going to be that guy who just keeps bringing programs back. Yeah. I really think that. I really do. Um, all right. Uh, do we want to – let's cover Alabama for 10 minutes and talk about week one. Yeah, I want to talk a good bit about Alabama. Um, so Brandon asked this question, is Milrow the guy? Took down a pretty good MTSU squad. Look, you and I were talking about Milrow um, during the game, mm -hmm. and you texted me, and I think Tyler said the same thing. Um, we just haven't seen him throw the deep ball. Yes. And then two plays later was an absolute bomb of a deep ball. And then two drives later, he did it again after halftime. He did. And he did it one more time one in that game. One more time, game. and that third throw was the one that I'm most excited about. Yes. So you ask if he's the guy? <sighs> okay, so when I say that a lot of teams started off slow, and then it, like most teams are in a holding pattern right now, right? Right. We like, as, a, as an Alabama fan, I can tell you, we like what we saw, we are happy with what we saw, and we feel better right now than we thought we would feel going into the Texas game. Big time. At least for me. Yep. Nope, uh, I right. thought I'd feel good. I thought Alabama would play well against MTSU, but I expected the slow start on offense. Yeah. Did, they didn't have that. They had a slight lull in the second quarter, like two drives where they had to punt in a row. But I liked a lot of what I saw with Milrow, but it is, and I hate to cop out, but I have to because... You have to wait and see what happens next week. Next week's a big week for you him. You have to wait and see. I think if you had told either of us going into week one that Jalen Milrow mm -hmm. rushes for two touchdowns, one of them was insane, the one that got dribbled past him. Yeah. And then uh, rushes for two touchdowns and throws for three touchdowns, does not throw an interception, and none of our receivers dropped a pass. <laughs> you and I would have lost I would have been minds. dancing naked on the beach. Um, that's a Vikings reference, it by the way. Vikings reference. This episode brought to you by Vikings on History Channel, a show that hasn't released an episode in two years because it's um, over. But what, real quick, I want to add about Milrow, and I think um, the, thing, the thing about MTSU is, one, they didn't have much film on Milrow because he had one start and it was last year. And two... They're, they won a bowl game last year. I don't, I don't want to dump all over no, MTSU. MTSU is a good But that squad. is a school that can exactly game plan for him. I mean, they can, but if Brandon it's Bowman, an uphill battle well, playing Alabama no. as it is. If, Texas can game plan for Milrow. If, Texas can shut him down. If Brandon if Bowman is playing safety, he's getting two picks that game. <laughs> That's what's happening. I'm telling you, you didn't go to high school. Have you seen Brandon? You didn't go to high school with him? I watched the man play. Oh, man. It's, it's a two-pick night easy. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think uh, one thing that I wanted to see more of from Alabama was a little bit more of a ground game. Um, I liked I, – I texted you and Tyler during the game, and I said, um, you know, I, I think I'd love to see some more Milrow-designed runs, and then he scored on a design run the next play. Yeah. That's another thing. Tommy Reese's play calling during that game was – Excellent. I knew I you thought. would. I knew you would like his play call. Two tight ends. I knew you would on like every. Play. Oh. You've been longing for a guy oh like my him. Gosh. We had fun with Lane Kiffin and Sark and those dudes, but like you have been wanting that guy for a while. Yes. No. It, it was. It was. It was. Brandon lovely. Bowman would have caught that interception. Yeah, he would have caught that interception. We all know that. Uh, ben Eric. <laughs> uh, I. Yeah. No. I, I. I thought the game was great. I thought defense looked spectacular. Two penalties. Two penalties the entire game for Alabama. I was. I was. It's so happy about that. All the things that we complained about last year, a lot, yes. were sort of righted in that game. So it was all of these things were good to see. All of these things were awesome to see. And it's so good to be able to sit and say that they only had two penalties and Milrow looked accurate and he looked like he was in command. But Texas comes to town on Saturday. And I'm, I, have to, I have to reserve judgment. And we will do score predictions because we will be talking about next week's games. We will get to that part. and we'll, So we'll get there, but... 
I feel good. But I know that that can be snatched away in an instant. Big time. Because Bama looked good against Utah State last year, too. Big time. We're, we're very easily looking at next week coming on this pod and saying the offense looked stagnant. We might we might look a lot more crestfallen. I might be doing a lot of this next week. Like This is fun. So you never know. This no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. This format is really fun because now people get to see what <laughs> I got scene. to see when we podcasted for nine years of uh, you just being distraught. Because usually, we, yeah, usually sometimes. you're the you're the happy go lucky. We kind of good cop bad cop, mm-hmm. good pod bad pod. Yeah. But and when I get distraught, I get distraught. That's it. Yeah. There's if we no were, bringing If we you were back. recording back uh, like even three weeks ago, when all I wanted to do was complain about the wide receivers dropping passes right. at fall camp, nobody wants to see that. I think my parents would be. I think my mom would be sad if she yeah. saw me look like that. Yeah. I think my girlfriend would be upset because she doesn't want to see me that way. I mean, people. Worry Shout about out Mary me. Caroline Sharp. Uh, I think the comments. I like the comment feature. We've never gotten to do it this way Brandon before. Brandon said that's without the lucky cast, too. With it, four picks and one to the house. One to the house, probably a forced fumble, too. Because Brandon strikes me as the type of guy that if you, we were at Independence High School, so there was no... The athletic training staff was great, but they weren't exactly college level. <laughs> I think he would have had the big, like, wadded gauze club the guys get when they break their hand. You know, like, just the, yeah. like, boom. Uh, they try to strip the ball just by hitting it out, clubbing it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Two injuries for Alabama um, that are day-to-day. Malachi Moore. Yeah, and, um, um, and, and Key. Uh, Brandon? I think it's Brandon Key. key? Uh, I'm still learning. Who he had transfer from uh, UAB. Who had a great interception in that game. Um, both of them are day-to-day. Saban Should be okay. Be, he, they're, they're, we don't know about the game Saturday, but he says it's not a long-term. He said that on Monday. Yeah. Uh, neither of them are expected to be long-term. Um, so that's good. So okay, so that's a wrap up on Bama MTSU, right? Anything else you want to mention? Uh, yeah. Well, very briefly, I, when you said you wanted to see a little bit more of the ground game, I do think that this they were trying to work out some Milro kinks. I think they're confident what the ground game is going to do this year, right? Milro kinks. Yeah. And I think the uh, Texas got the score, so I'm not to put it up here. Um, I think they're confident in what they can do on the ground. I yeah. think they wanted to force Milro to make plays. Yes. Through the air. And he did. And he did. Now, I think, just like you see if it, uh, usually against a lesser opponent, I think you'll see the full playbook Saturday. Well, and I think, uh, I also think that that's another thing going back to Colorado. Mm-hmm. People have tape on them now. Yeah. You had a legitimate brand new team. Yes. You had 83 new people. More of a brand people. new team than you've ever, right. ever seen in college Really, football. really interested to see what happens now that people have film. Uh, okay, let's let's keep going down here. Georgia and Ball State. Don't need to talk about that one. Ohio State, Youngstown State. We've got to talk about this one, mm-hmm. even just a little bit. Okay. I want you to then. What? Okay. So let me ask. I'm I'm going to pose a question for you. Uh huh. What does a successful Saturday look like for the Ohio State Buckeyes? Well, their quarterbacks just got to look a little bit more in command. They need to hit some deep. I mean, they have the best receivers in the in the entire country and will for the next three years. So. You need to know that you've got a guy. Fleming, Julian Fleming started coming onto the scene. He was a five-star like either this year or last year. And he, he, could, he couldn't get the ball. They couldn't get the ball to him. They have so many. Julian Fleming's the third receiver on that team. He'd be the starter on 60% of teams in the country. So you want to see that switch get flipped, right? Week one is week one. Week two against Youngtown State, you need to bowl them over. Yeah, if you don't... And if you go a bunch of, you know, drives or you're punting, I'm hitting the panic button. I think, I think for Youngstown State, the three seniors have got to step up. Yeah. They've got those three seniors on offense, uh, Davidson, King, and Oliver. They've got to step up, okay? Because last, last week, not, not great for the Gwins. Not bad. Not bad at all. Pulled out the win, right? Mm-hmm. But you've got Mitch Davidson. 11 for 19. So last year he was 119 for 201, right? 60% completion percentage. Not bad. Impressive stat by him. Only turned the ball over once last year. Only threw one pick. Can't turn the ball over at all on Saturday. Okay? So what makes Paxton happy this weekend? I believe he told me... Um, Paxton is a great friend of the podcast. Shout out, Paxton. A huge Gwyn. He is not watching right now because he said he wanted to save this for his drive to Columbus. So I think... Uh, a little surprise on your drive. I love you. Yeah, we love you by the way. Um, of course, we're going to talk about Youngstown State. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, Mitch Davidson, Tyshawn King, and uh, uh, Bryce Oliver, mm-hmm. all three have to have big days. And I think success for Youngstown State, seriously, in this game, what, what's the spread? Let's look at the spread on this one. 
Oh, BT Dub, Ohio State's defense looks incredible. I don't even, yeah, I, I, yes. Really, really good. Yes. Uh, I don't even see the spread on here. So let's, let's make one up. Let's make, let's make up a spread. 38. I, if they cover 38, that's, that is a party in Columbus, I think, for, for Paxton. Mm-hmm. Um, no, a, a good showing. I think if they keep it close in the first quarter, that's, that's what you'd want to see. Yeah. From Youngstown State. Uh, okay, so Pax, there you go. Go Gwens. We'll be pulling for them. Got any more uh, comments before we move to the next segment? No. Next segment? No, I'm going through week two. Oh, no. Sorry. Okay. You meant the next game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Utah plays Baylor. Notre Dame plays NC State. That'll be interesting. I think this is going to be a big game for Sam Hartman. Because remember, I think the last time he was in Raleigh, he lost. Yeah. Right? Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, but, I mean, Sam Hartman's, he's a really, really impressive quarterback. Yeah. NC State's got a little bit of a, a, little bit of a uh, interesting week one where they nearly dropped the ball to UConn. Um, ended up pulling it out in the end. But I think, again, talking to Cam Brendel, friend of the pod, earlier today, he said he thinks that UConn's a lot better than people give him credit for. I don't disagree with that. UConn was a bowl team last year. Were they really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were an eight-win team last year. I'm shocked to hear that. I guess they were better than people think because I didn't see that coming. Yeah, but I think uh, Brendan Armstrong, the transfer from Virginia, needs to have a huge game. If they can utilize his legs, they're going to have a lot of work there. Brendan Armstrong looked like he was about to be – that guy in the ACC, and then he just kind of fell off the last few years of, well, I guess, with some turnover at Virginia. But he can—he is one of the few quarterbacks I think in college football that is capable of throwing for 500 yards any given game. His legs are where a lot of his a lot of his uh, flash and fire come from, right? Mm-hmm. Last week, he had 19 carries for 96 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, 17 for 26 through the air for 155 yards. But I, I think the more you can spread out this Notre Dame defense, the better. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a top 10 matchup now. So you know Raleigh's going to be loud. Um, unfortunately, that game is a nooner. I wish it was a night game. Is it a noon game? Yeah. That's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah. That's a shame. Hey, do better, ESPN. Uh, Colorado and Nebraska. I'm going to take Colorado by seven, and I think we're going to start coming back down to earth a little you bit. Think, you think we'll see a little bit of the... I don't think they're going to lose. I just think we're coming back down to earth just a hair. I don't think Matt Rule's figured it out at Nebraska at all. Remember, they had a yeah. terrible week one. Even um, even before I was buying into Colorado, I was going to make this a game that I gave them a shot in. So I think it's probably a two-touchdown win. I think Travis Hunter it, it can really pick up some steam. I now think, that I'm buying into him, they'll make me look stupid next I week. I think he and Shadur Steve, uh, Sanders, I keep wanting to call him Stevens, really could pick up some steam on their Heisman with this. Um, but, yeah, so uh, moving on. Um, does Charleston Southern beat Clemson? I would hope not. Hey, that's a very vicious South Chuck's Carolina out, baby. rivalry. Yeah, no, Chuck. I mean, I would hope to see Clemson fix some of the mistakes they made against Duke. Uh, better play calling or execution. Look at Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Oh, run. my gosh. This would have been the longest one of his career at Alabama. Uh, he had a longer rush, but this would have been his longest rushing touchdown. Um, um, anyway, um, no, I mean... Clemson, as far as poorly as they played, we've covered this. Like they should have won yesterday because they had more opportunities to score than Duke did. I read a stat that I sent to you earlier today mm-hmm. that in their last two games, Clemson has been in the red zone 14 times. Do you know how many points they've scored? I know there was zero yesterday out of red zone. 21. Oh, once, I mean. 21. That's crazy. 14 trips, 21 points. You have to end that because that is now a trend. Uh, big time. Yeah. Big time trend. Um. All right, you got Texas A&M at Miami and Hard Rock. Texas A&M looked good. They looked really good. Um, They looked really, really good. Better Um, than they looked probably early on last season. Because remember how terrible they were to start the year. They got a little better as the year went on. Connor Wegman was 18 for 23 for 236 yards and five touchdowns. I was disappointed. He had five touchdowns. I was disappointed. No, wait. I was happy. Is he that? Yes. That's who should be starting for Texas A&M. Yes. Correct. I was thinking of the other quarterback. Um, uh, King. Max King. Yes. Haynes. Which? Max? Johnson. He's at LSU now. No? Where is he? He's at Texas A&M. Where are these dudes transferring? It's hard to keep up, man. Every year, you got to remember who transferred where. Just, I could answer all the questions you're asking. I just couldn't answer them fast enough. Yeah, my brain Max Johnson transferred from LSU to... Ain't I right? Yes. Okay. Haynes King is now the quarterback at Georgia Tech. You're right. You're and right. who lost a thriller to uh, 
How do you keep Louisville. up with this stuff? Louisville. Um, anyway, no, they were really good. I don't have a, as good of a pulse on how good Miami is. Um, I didn't watch as much of that as I saw of the A&M they've, they've got any any time they've got Tyler Van Dyke. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that they've got a shot. But right. I am looking at A&M to win this one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think A and M kind of runs away with this one. Um, I will pull that up here in just a second. I cannot find it because ESPN's app is garbage. Please give me a second. I'm going to keep ramping though. Uh, do you remember the time that Alabama almost got Tyler Van Dyke to transfer? I do remember that. And then they had to, the the guys in, in Miami had to have a little meeting. They came together and convinced him like it's worth staying. We'll give you money. Uh, well, the whole reason he was going to football 2023 he was going to leave was because they weren't providing him any cash and I, college football 2023 folks good night i'm i swear i'm trying to find this all right go on let's go on to the next game and i'll find it um let's talk a little bit about uh app state north carolina that was a fun game last that year that was an awesome game they're in chapel hill this year and i don't think it's going to be as fun if you're a mountaineer i think this game will be closer than people think it will be because UNC's biggest problem last year. We said this last week in the podcast episode that ended up not getting. Uh, that ended up not getting. Ooh, touchdown Texas right before the half. That's a four and a half point favorite for Texas A&M. I think they cover. Okay, me too. Um, no, it was. Oh, UNC had an issue last year where they played down to most of their opponents. Mm -hmm. Even the they played up to the ones that were better than them, but they played down to the ones that were worse than them. Uh, and that was nowhere more true than what they no. did against App State last year. Yep. Uh, and App State should have won that game. Um, so this game will be closer than people think. But I was impressed with what I saw from UNC. And so I do think I, I think this game's going to get pretty ugly for App really? State. I, I do. I do. They lost a ton in the defensive backfield. Um, and this is just not the team to have that issue. <laughs> um, they're they're going to need to run the ball, too, and South Carolina could do nothing on the ground against UNC last Saturday. So, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not really thinking this is going to be a great matchup. Uh, all right, we've avoided it as long as we can. Mm -hmm. We need to move on. Let's see if there's any questions. Anybody? A&M, four and a half. Thank you. Thank you, Forrest. Oh, my gosh, dude. That took me forever to find. I use the score because they put they, the score app uh, sponsoring this podcast. Sponsor, yeah, proud sponsor. Um, I use them because they put the... The, uh, the spread right there on the thing. I like that. Uh, okay, Alabama and Texas. We got to talk about it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, we've been asked for a uh, ECU Marshall preview. ECU again? That's an easy ECU dub. I, I actually believe that. I actually think ECU will be Marshall. I don't know much about Marshall, I'll be honest. But I know the confidence in this area to ECU football. Um, I have learned. Great teams cover. Real quick. Duke was beating the number nine team in the country for the majority of that game, especially in the fourth quarter. And the fans, it's like they don't know what way. Oh, that drove me insane. Well, and then you rush the field. The Buddy, they, the they snap the ball to kneel it with 30 seconds left, and everybody just stands there. They've never rushed the field before. I've seen people, we've seen, we know, we see teams rush the field. You know, under 40, ball snap, kneel, everybody runs. That's it. If you have a camera and a mic, that's your cue to go. That's ball game. And, um, but no, like, the, it, it wasn't like they realized that, they, like, it wasn't connecting to them that they were beating, or they didn't care enough. We were standing more than the fans, the actual people wearing blue. The, some of the students, the very front of the student section by the field was was rowdy a little bit, but the rest of the stadium, it's like they didn't care what the score was on the scoreboard. I think Third down, listen to this, third down, Duke makes the brilliant you're decision still, on You're still going on this. I am, I am, because I'm annoyed by it. Duke makes the brilliant decision on every third down on defense, to play Mo Bamba, and there's no better song to play on third down than right. Mo Bamba. That's big and That's like part of your religion. It's third and eight, and with five minutes left in the game, and, and Clemson's got the ball with Mo Bamba playing, and nobody's standing. There's so still I'll people sitting now. But you got to, if you want to actually build a football program, it's not just the coaches and it's not just the players. The fans have to be behind it. Uh, Marshall and ECU, it's going to be a battle in the trenches. You're just going to have to win the run game, and whoever wins the run game is going to win the game. That's ECU. Uh, I, I, would love to, I would love to think so, but ECU's leading rusher against Michigan was Mason Garcia the other day. And that guy, he's him. That's their quarterback. <laughs> I know, he's him. You've got to get your running backs going. You've got to get your running backs going. Anyway, uh, 
I, I, I think ECU pulls this one out. What are we even talking about anymore? What are we talking about? I don't, I, I don't know ECU football. If they can and now I feel Michigan, bad. They can beat Marshall. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, no, I could see him beating Marshall. Plus, that that game's in Greenville. It's over. It's over. It's over. That's done. That's you it. You don't just walk in there and beat Marshall it. and win that game. No, ECU by 12. I'm calling it. Uh, Rasheen Ali isn't going to do anything for Marshall. Now, Bama, that's, Texas. That's their running back, by the way. Do we go Bama, Texas Bama, now? Texas. Here we go. Uh, last last little segment here for us. Um, QB controversy, not great. I agree, Forrest. I can't give you any more on ECU, and I'm sorry. We'll bring you on, though. We will. You'll give us ECU. Well, how how great would it be track. if he just popped up behind the couch right now and just started talking about ECU? I mean, you know, that's that's live right there. That's live television. Come please. on, Forrest. Uh, I love you too, buddy. Uh, I think... This is how we should do Texas Alabama. Uh-huh. What's the score at halftime? What's the score at the end of the game? Ooh, I mean, I would say 21-10 Bama halftime. I think they'll get out to a fast start. Um, and uh, I mean, I would I would have Alabama winning this. I don't think they're going to put up a boatload of points, and I do think the second half will go a lot slower once teams are settled into one another. Kind of figured out each other. I just feel a fast. I don't have anything to back that up because it's all, it's week one. I don't have any. It's just it's just in my heart. I feel like they'll start fast and slow down. I think the game planning will be there because I think that our coaches actually do game plan this year, unlike Bill O'Brien who just tries to throw spaghetti at a wall and see if it sticks. Um, I don't know what that means. I, I, it was lovely imagery. I don't know what you meant by it, but it was lovely imagery. Like, it just I didn't. A lot of it were nonsensical. I think Tommy Reese is such a football head that he's actually going to game plan to the point where at some point he may even over game plan for things. Yeah. But I think they'll get out to a fast start. It'll be around 21-10, 21-14. I would have Bama winning this 28-17, 20 Okay. Uh, I like that final. I was going to go 30-22. I think okay. it's going to be kind of a weird scoring game. Yeah. Um, but I think at halftime this game could be 10-7. I'm serious. I, I, I could not be more Do opposite you with you. Start. I do. Okay. I could see both teams. I could see Quinn Ewers coming in rattled. Mm -hmm. I could see Jalen Milrow not being what he was because either A, he gets overconfident, or B, he gets swallowed up by the moment. Um, I think there's going to be some turnovers in this game. Yeah. I don't know when, and I don't know where or how or why. But I think Jalen Milrow to stay perfect two weeks in a row is probably something that we need to get out of our heads. Oh, no. I, I see turnovers coming. But I don't think the game will be anywhere close to as sloppy on either side as it was last no, year. No, no. I think we're going to watch it. Because last year's game, what was it? 17, 16, 19, 18, 17. It was a one point, like 19, 18. It was a weird. You're talking about the final? The final. I think it was 20 to 19. 2019, yeah. something like that. Uh, but the, but a lot of the points didn't kind of come on until later in the second half. Uh, it was very low scoring at halftime. And that I feel like the identity of this game will be a lot different. Night the, game. Last year's game was at noon in Texas. This year's a night game in Tuscaloosa. I just see Alabama. Last year when Alabama would have a night, big night game, they would come in and they'd play stupid. I don't think that's the identity of this year's Alabama team, and I really hope they don't prove me wrong. I think they'll start fast. I think they'll slow down as, as the game plan develops. I think they'll try to run the air out of the ball and run the air out of the game, and that'll be sort of the game. I, I agree. I think in the second half, if Alabama gets up by 14, it is going to be the Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams show. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there may be some pulls, some little bootleg action, a little play action. Um, that Tommy Reese throws in specifically for Jalen Milrow to run. Mm -hmm. uh, man, this really is last year's Alabama team, isn't it? This is, um, I mean, this is a good little game we have on. I don't think we, I, sh I shouldn't do uh, 15 I minutes. I, we do this I again. saw you doing that, and I was like, maybe don't. I'll be honest. It was because when I was setting everything up, I would just put a random game on to, to test it, and I would put 15 so it wouldn't end. Uh, and then I just did it out of habit, and this is just something to watch. Yeah. Whoever is up when we end the podcast wins, as I conveniently say when Alabama takes the lead. But okay, so uh, I, I would say again, final. I, I'm going to go 30 to 22. I think Alabama's going to pull away in the second half. I think we're going to see a game very similar to when Georgia came and played Alabama in 2020, mm -hmm. where um, it's a little bit chaotic to start. Yeah, everybody's. Maybe not sloppy, but it's a little sluggish at first, and then the scoring really picks up, and then Alabama just runs away with it. I would like um, that because that game was really fun. It was my favorite games I ever went to. So uh, I've got one that covered Alabama. Alabama's line right now is seven. I've got them winning by eight. You had them winning by how many? Oh, I did just teeter from seven to ten. Um, so I guess I'll have to commit if that's where the right where the line is. So I will go 
21, which would, I guess, technically have Texas covering. I think we both agree that if Texas is going to win this game, the guy who needs to do it for him is going to be Quinn Ewers. Mm -hmm. If Alabama wins this game, who needs to have the best game? This is a little bit of a revenge game for Ewers, too, because Bama knocked him out early. He was... He, was, he looked like he was about to really start putting up some yards in that game last year. And then uh, he got hurt on a, uh, on a Dallas Turner sack or hit or something. I think it was a hit uh, as he was throwing. Uh, and so this is a little bit of a revenge for him. I mean, there's going to be a lot on his legacy writing in this game. So I, that's why I do think Texas will score. And I, think they'll, I, don't, I don't think they're getting blown out by any stretch. Uh, and, and, um, Very easily could win this game, too. I think Quinn Ewers could be the X Factor that wins it. Uh, Cedric Baxter is a running back a little banged up. He's a freshman, but he's the most dynamic back. Who was a guy that I didn't think that Bama would think the game plan for as much. I thought he could have a good game. And then Xavier Worthy is, and Kool-Aid matchup is one I'm going to really be watching. Yeah, we will all The be winner of that one. matchup could also be with the side. Um, yeah, okay. So I, I think uh, to have, for Alabama to win, Kevin Steele needs to have the biggest game. I, I think defense needs to settle in. I think they need to expect that they're not going to be perfect. But we cannot, absolutely Alabama cannot have any penalties. And if a turnover is given, there's no drops. They, can, they can't have 17 penalties like they did in this. 17 penalties. Without 17, this game 17 penalties and still one. And I'm like 80% sure that was the number because it's been sticking in my head. By the way, second highest amount of penalties Alabama had in a game last year. Probably 15, 14. No, it was the second. I, I'm telling oh, you. Oh, you're saying that 17 was the second because they were worse either yes. Tennessee or LSU. Tennessee, I'm pretty sure there were 22 penalties. And Alabama that almost won that sense. game as well. Um, okay, do we want to pick our four teams for people to vote on before we sign off? I think I need. we need to look at I don't remember who all's ones are. I can, hey, let's both say one, and then we'll come up with two later. So I'll say that mine that I will put is UTSA because I like San Antonio. Uh, shout out Cole Reed. UTSA graduate who may be watching, may not be watching. Yeah. Who knows? Um, they barely lost to I thought they were going to beat Houston. I picked them in the pick them. I'm going to be honest with you. I, the last time I did this, ECU was a one-star team. And yeah. I think that could be a blast. Yeah, I mean, they'll win the vote if we put them in it. But let's go ECU as, 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 one of the, as one of the teams. We'll just say it. And we know Forrest's vote is going toward it. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. All right. And then um, the other two are going to be wild cards, and we'll tweet that out tomorrow. Yes, we'll tweet that out tomorrow. So here's, let's put a button on it. Um, so this is this is what we're going to do moving forward. As we said, we're going to try to do this every Tuesday. Thank you for the ones that tuned in. Especially thank you to the ones that tuned in and commented because we want a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, We want more comments than we know how to keep up. And we're not doing this at 5.30 every week. This is early because I yeah. have a uh, fantasy draft at 8. My brother's called me twice since yeah. we sat down to do this, too, so I know he's... We'll announce when we're doing it, but it'll generally be between 6 and 8, probably, yeah. most, most weeks. Yep. Um, we're not going to take up too much of your time. It's just going to be an hour and a half. Normally, we'll do a college football segment and an Alabama segment. Um, this time, we kind of blended them just because that's how the conversation works. But normally, we can tell you guys, hey, we're about to go into the Alabama thing. We're not going to waste anybody's time. And um, if you live in the future... And you're listening to this on a different one because what we're doing is we're also taking this, we're taking the VOD from, we're taking the audio. The audio will go still on Spotify and uh, SoundCloud and iTunes. We're, you're normally used to listening to us. That, that's for the last eight years is where we've put our podcast, hosted it. Um, and then we're going to put it on YouTube because we want to save these videos and these, you know, these VODs only last for, I think it's now seven days. I was about to say a week, yeah. As of September 1st, they last seven days on Twitch. I'm still pretty new to the whole Twitch thing, which is why our VOD wasn't saved last week. If we're being honest, um, so yeah, and and this is the way we're gonna do it. I really enjoyed this. This might be one of the most fun times I've ever had doing this podcast. This is really fun. This yeah. is really fun. Hey, next year is a decade too. Um, we might do a live pod next year. Bama's about to score, so I'm calling Bama the winner, and then I'm taking that off. But okay. uh, hey, this is really fun, guys. That's it. Thank you for watching and listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Nothing like doing a podcast with your best friend in the whole best world. Friend in the whole world, baby. Real tight. Thank you.